in Exodus 20, verse 8 is where we'll go today. And um, Somebody might be thinking, well, well we're going to be talking about this today, but hopefully when I get done, we'll, we'll see why, why and where I'm going here with this. Exodus 28, 20 and verse 8. Let me get it right. Everybody will be turning to 28 here, won't they? So Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within thy gate. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. God gave us those Ten Commandments on or gave Moses the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. God done that because not only did he want us to have a good relationship with him, but also with each other. These Ten Commandments are the bed, um, the, the foundation really of everything there is within Christianity. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't even, could not even name the Ten Commandments. But in their short form, is just basically no other God before God, no graven images. We don't take the name of the Lord in vain. We remember the Sabbath day. We keep it holy. We honor our father and mother. We don't murder. We don't steal. We don't commit adultery. We don't lie and we don't covet. Today we look at the last of the four commandments that deal with our relationship with God. The first four deal with our relationship with God. The last six deal with our relationship with our fellow brothers and sisters or other humanity. So today we're going to talk about the Sabbath. We just this is kind of taken from a book that I'm reading by L. J. Harry. It's an excellent book that he has entitled Ten Words. If you've not got it, I encourage you to get it and read it. Uh, a lot of the info that I'm using for this um, these Bible lessons on these Sunday school is it's really bed rotted rocked into this. So but we find the nation of Israel. They had set up camp, a wilderness, set up between Elam and Sinai, and they began to complain because they were hungry. And all of us, I don't know about you, but if I, if I get hungry, I get grumpy, I get grouchy. <laughs> That's why people don't like to fast, right? I've literally heard people say, I don't like to fast because it makes me hungry. Well, duh. <laughs> That's the whole purpose of fasting. And... I've heard some spouses say, I don't like them to fast because they get grumpy. Well, it's really kind of the whole point of it, you know. But anyway, they began to grumble and complain because they were hungry. And it almost seemed as if they growled more than their stomach growled. It was more probably like us, habit stuff. And Moses, what have you done? You brought us out here to die in the wilderness of starvation. You're going to starve us to death? And as they began to plain to God and was upset at Moses... God spoke to Moses. 
and he give us this commandment that um, we see here today. Or not there, but this, this is a few chapters before there. But he, he gave them some commandments that what he was going to do. He said, behold, I'm going to rain bread from heaven. This is Exodus 16, 4 through 5. He said, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be that on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in and it shall be twice as much as they gathered daily. It was a very simple plan, Sister Heather. God's going to send down, rain down bread from heaven for them. All they had to do was go out of the tent, go shop for, just walk right out their tent. It's going to be on the ground. Shop for breakfast, lunch, and supper. All right there together. It was all on the ground for them to eat. And they, unfortunately, there were some of them that got some stockpiles like the Americans did last year with toilet paper. And while most of Israel picked up food by the handful, some of them wanted to get their wagons and their carts and they, they, they hauled this, you're talking about Wonder Bread, you know, we see the name brand Wonder Bread, no doubt. They thought, well, this is some Wonder Bread, you know. But the problem was the next day, all the manna that they had eaten they, that they didn't eat from the previous day, it grew worms. And it began to make the whole entire camp stink worse than, I don't know if you've ever done it, but it seems like when I drive by these chicken farms and it's kind of cool in the morning, they stink so bad. They stink anyway, but when it's cool, crisp mornings, man, it, so they were stinking, the camp was stinking worse than these chicken farms. And they seemed to learn their lesson. You're only supposed to gather what you need each day. But the sixth day was different. It was special. On the sixth day, you're supposed to take and get as twice as much as you usually do. Take, get, I mean, it's like rulers. You take your own bags, right? You've got to take twice the bags you usually get. Take twice the bags with you because you get to, need to get twice as much. Why? What made the sixth day so special? What made the sixth day so special was the seventh day. The sixth day was special because it was the day before the seventh, or what they called the Sabbath day. This was the day God wanted his people to rest. Sister Vama, God rested, and he created us to rest. He worked hard, according to the word of God, for six days. In the very beginning of time, or beginning of this earth, we see that he worked for seven days making his creation. But on the seventh day, the Bible said that he rested. And this is the thing. Rest just seemed to be something that the children of Israel was not accustomed to. They dreamed about it. Because they had just come out of slavery with Egyptians. And no doubt they probably heard the Egyptians talking about how, well, I, you know, I didn't do nothing this week. I just went down by the Jordan and I'd done some fishing or I relaxed. The children of Israel was not in this shape. Rest was just something that they had heard about, but very seldom they got because they was driven by the Egyptian people to work for them. They had taskmasters that loomed over them while they had to work underneath the, the hot Egyptian sun blazing down on them. They slaved away at building cities for a Pharaoh who didn't know them, nor did he love them, but he had them slaving. And even if they 
just thought about, hinted of the day, taking a day off each week, they could literally lose a limb for that. They could get in major trouble. They could even possibly lose their own life if they did not work. But the thing is, God is not like those taskmasters. He knew Israel and He loved Israel. And one way that He wanted to show them how much He loved them was giving them a day of rest each week that was termed the Sabbath. No, no doubt you probably heard somebody say, oh, I took a sabbatical. Well, basically, that means you're taking a rest for something. You're getting away from it for a while. This is where it comes from, the word Sabbath, the Sabbath day. And if we see that if they gathered twice as much manna on the sixth day, God protected their food for the seventh day. They didn't need a refrigerator. They could stay in their pajamas and their tents all day long. But no doubt there were several that were insurgents. They'd go do their own thing. Maybe they were curious. Maybe they were rebellious. Possibly could have been both. No doubt they probably slipped out of their PJs, slipped on their work boots, walked outside to get their groceries because they'd got used to the fact, oh, we just gathered for this day, and they get out there only to realize there were no groceries. There was no manna. There was no bread. The ground was absolutely empty on that seventh day from any bread. God himself took a day off, ascending the bread, so that they would take off a day for shopping for their bread. God created the Sabbath day to teach us to rest and to trust him. He created a day for us to learn to, to wind down and also that we could trust Him also. That, that what I've given you today will also keep you for tomorrow. As a matter of fact, God values the Sabbath so much that He carved Sabbath in the stone that He had given Moses for that fourth commandment. In our text when He said, Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You nor your sons, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and holiday. No work on Sabbath. All right? We get it. That's what he's trying to say. No work on the Sabbath. But here's the thing. The question is this. What is work? Is only work work? Is something that makes us sweat work? Is play work? Is shopping for groceries considered work? Evidently it was at that time, right? God's people kind of went to work. He told them to to hallow and keep the Sabbath, but then God's people kind of went to work trying to figure out how much work is too much work on the Sabbath day. So they came up, according to um, studies, they came up with four divisions they considered to be work. And those four divisions each had their own divisions, 39 total that were considered work. 
The top four no-nos on the Sabbath day were working with bread, working with garments, working with leather, and building. No one had better be caught sowing, plowing, reaping, winnowing, sifting, threshing, shearing, shearing wool, washing wool, beating wool, dyeing wool, weaving, trapping, slaughtering, uh, flaying, tanning, scraping hides, marking hides, building, demolishing, kindling a fire, extinguishing a fire, even writing or erasing two or more letters on the Sabbath day. Those are just a little over half of those things that was banned that you could not do on the Sabbath day. Why? God wanted his people to rest. And he still wants us to rest. A lot of times we read, keep the Sabbath day. We only want to associate the fact, oh, we need to go to church on Sunday. But I'm going to be the first to tell you today, the Sabbath day is not a day of rest for me. Okay? I start somewhere between 5.30 and 6 every morning on Sunday. I'm here usually by somewhere around 11 o'clock. We drive the van. We get back here. I'm studying for the sermons for finish up whatever prep I have on Sunday morning when I'm up early praying and my day finally this, on this Sunday winds down I don't know time I get home 5 36 o'clock it's not really a day of rest for me I mean it's restful to be able to to minister the word to people and things like that but it's not necessarily rest for you to be honest with some of you guys it may not always feel like rest for you you got to get up get your clothes on go go we're coming to church and some of you drive a long way like I do so but he still wants us to rest so the Sabbath is not just about, oh, let's go to church on Sunday. Most people, that's all they think about when they hear, oh, remember the Sabbath day. Oh, we've got to go to church. That's not necessarily. Going to church and fellowship, and that's just part of our obligation of, uh, of us growing and getting strength with each other and all that. But we need, and it's not an easy thing for some of us, some, yeah, you need to take a rest from resting. You actually might need to do some work. Uh, I'm kind of... I'm actually kind of reading a book that um, is a really good book if you deal with any kind of depression in your life, anything like that. Uh, Brother Carlton Coon's got a book called A Light in the Dark Place. And he talks about how one thing to combat depression is actually being active. So that's kind of another story hole in itself. But we need to take time each week for Sabbath, no matter what we do for a living. Our bodies, our minds, it needs rest. We need to take time to turn off the phone. We need to take time to turn off our computers. Don't check the emails. And I'll be honest with you, coming in from work and zoning out in front of a television show is not going to help you none. It's not going to give you the rest that you need. We need to make sure that we leave our toolboxes and our gardening tools alone because if we haven't taken time to rest in a while then it's time for a sabbath in our life i know we live in different times and it's not as easy to um, do as they done they had an every week sabbath that they were to help them rest now, they worked no doubt very hard a lot of them during them times it's not as easy for us to do that. I know for myself it's not always that easy. But we need to have these periods of time that we need time to where we can recruit, get ourselves back together. A little over a month ago, I'd found myself in a place of overload in my life personally. We had started this year off that my 
my secular job that I've been at for 29 years, you know. Um, I hope to someday maybe not do that job and to be able to pastor only for time, but at this moment it's not necessarily something that is or can happen. I'm hoping in the near future maybe that can, but and we typically have some overtime period through our work, but somewhere in April we started some overtime. And it wasn't just any kind of overtime, it was a little abnormal. Our overtime usually we my typical hours we work from six to two thirty. And usually if we work over, they'll just add an hour and a half to that day and we'll get off at four o'clock. Except for Fridays, we'll get off at regular 2.30 and not hardly ever work a Saturday. But for some reason, we got a new floor man, um, and he decided, we had people coming in different times, and look, we all need to come at the same time, I understand that. But we ended up working from 5 to 3.30. I don't, I'm an early riser, that doesn't bother me too much. But when you uh, basically have two jobs like I do, two full-time jobs, it is hard on you and not only this whole situation but it was almost like an abnormal overtime for us like they were just pushing like breathing down your back we got to get this stuff done hurry up and i don't know about you but that puts a lot of pressure on you that stresses the far out of you when, and and that's okay if people's going to do that but then there's no return back from it like when you do that you do a good job for them it's like hey you've done a good job it's like do more so I was about meltdown, okay? I was getting tired. I know Brother David went through a, a long period of that, and Brother David Hussey's working a third shift now that he's trying to get adjusted to, and so it kind of gets to you. Well, I, I essentially was at this point at the end of August that I was almost at explosion mode with the workplace. I'm not kidding you. And thankfully, the first week of September, we had planned to go camping. You might not be a camping type person. Matter of fact, is even the point my boss came out and he said, you picked the worst time to take vacation. Well, I put it on calendar six weeks, two months ago, you know. So I'm sorry, I'm taking off. And I was thinking in my mind, I picked the best time to take vacation. <laughs> because we hadn't been working over and all of a sudden we started working over again. And I needed that time because my mind was so stressed and when you get to that place, your mind begins, and this is why God has instituted the Sabbath in our life. We get to the place when we have so much overload in our world, it creates stress. It creates frustration. It creates uh, communication issues with others because you're tired and you really don't. I'm just okay. Honey, just leave me alone. Let me sit here and leave me alone. Let me rest, okay? Let's just let me chill out. Our, our, oh, gosh, I don't want to do that. I, it just creates this, and God knew this. And this is why he instituted the Sabbath. And that next week, I did not do much of anything but relax. And my boss had told me, he said, what are y'all going to do? I said, I'm, we're going camping. He said, camping? I said, I'd rather go stay at a Motel 6 somewhere. Well, that might be your opinion. That might be okay with you. And that might be what works for you. But Sister Heather, all I'd done, when we got there, I got two hammocks. I strung them both up. And I laid in them hammocks and I read. Jacob was working, was the pen around, so he, he'd get up. And about the time he left, it was probably, I was still getting up early. I usually get up about 4.30 anyway. So I, I was getting up about 5.30 and 6, sitting by a fire because it was cool. 
reading my Bible, drinking coffee, praying while Sister Cheryl stayed in there sleeping, and then get up and just read, relax, do a little walking. I'm telling you, it was absolutely wonderful. And it was just what I needed. And give me time to think and reflect. And I, because I promise you, I was at the point with work. I was fixing to quit. All right? Nearly 29 years in that place. I was ready to walk out the door. Okay, God, whatever I got to do, I'm ready to be full-time pastor. Let me just walk away. And God reminded me that week that in time, but in my time. He reminded me that week of putting things in perspective. I just needed that time to chill out, relax, and it's not good cell phone service out there. Um, matter of fact, I think God instituted, I don't know, maybe you may have unlimited internet on your phone, but I don't. And I had uh, some, I let some outrun, I only have 15 gig of fast internet and then slows down. So it had kind of something, I think the Lord sucked all my internet out. So I didn't even have good access to internet that week. So I just didn't have any of that stuff to mess with. And it was wonderful. And I come out of that relaxed, refreshed, because God knows that we need that time. And I needed that Sabbath. A person by the name of Azid, I'm not going to say this right, but I'm going to try. Azadea, I ain't going to try that last one, A-A-L-A-I. He's the Ph.D. He writes, the data is unmistakably clear. Planning for and taking time off benefits individual well-being, professional success, business performance, and the broader economy. The doctor went on to say, points out that many Americans forego their vacation days to cram in more work, but we are more stressed and less rested. Clearly, we need more rest and less stress. Could it be more rest can help bring less stress? And... But L.J. Harry, in his book, that, that this is kind of taken from 10 words, he said, sometimes, I know some of y'all are going to get an amen out of this, okay? If my wife is up here, I know she would. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is take a nap. Get away from the deck for the day. Go for a walk. Put your phone on do not disturb. Sometimes that's just what we need to do because God understood we need that time to rest and relax. And I think it is, I think it is an enemy of our time that is stressing us so much and pushing us so much. We're so addicted to their phones, we're so addicted to things that we're constantly constantly connected to everything in this world. And if we can take a day off, if we can't take a day off through the week, like it's, it's hard for me to do that, then we need to work hard to not work hard on Saturday so we can recharge mentally. Whatever day your day off is. Uh, I heard somebody say one time, I think, it's, I think it's a good thing. Five days. He said, I think the Lord made us to work five good hard days. And then one day to kind of relax. And the other day for the Lord. I like that principle. I know in the time we're living, not everybody can do that. But if there's any way you can do that, please try your best to do that. Because see, when, when God came to this earth as Jesus Christ... When he manifested himself in flesh as Jesus, he began to shock the religious leaders when he performed at least five miracles on the Sabbath day. No doubt, 
All the religious leaders, we know if you read the Bible, were thinking, how dare you do this? Don't you know this is the Sabbath day? It's not the day to heal. I, it just always blows my mind, you know. I, every time I read that and I read in them comments. But then they had the audacity. One day him and his disciples are walking through the cornfield. And they begin to pluck ears of corn and begin to eat it for lunch. This was clearly a violation of what they considered the Sabbath day. But God did not intend the Sabbath day to be a weekly prison sentence for our lives. He intended it to be a weekly time for us to rest and recharge and to feel better. Jesus, right after He healed the paralytic on the Sabbath day, He said this, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Lord, therefore the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. And basically saying, I created this for you to relax and get recharged, not for you to just put more rules and more regulations in your life to bog you down and make it worse for your life. And the Sabbath should have been the highlight of the week. Especially after six days of back-breaking work, the Sabbath was meant to be a gift to our lives. But so many people don't see a day off as a gift. I know a lot of people like that. Now, maybe you don't know him. I know some workaholics. I, I know I got a friend that's basically he's a workaholic. He needs to not be working right now. He's got some other spiritual obligations he needs to take care of. Couldn't tell you the last time they just took off and took a vacation. It's necessary. But a lot of people just don't see it as a gift. They see it as a prison. And, and instead of giving them a chance to rest, it's, it's stole from them the chance to work or travel or shop or whatever. But see, there were workarounds, okay? The Israelites created what they figured out workarounds for this stuff, all right? To basically, I've, I've obeyed the Sabbath and kept the letter of the law, but yet still accomplished what they wanted. They were only allowed to travel what they considered a Sabbath day's journey on the Sabbath day. And some people traveled their allotted half a mile. That's all you were allowed to travel on the Sabbath day is a half a mile. Some people's got that. That's not a problem. But this is what they would do. They would travel half a mile. They'd stop and set up the tent. But after they stopped, they quickly took down the tent and walked another half a mile. Makes a lot of sense, right? So they'd stop, set up the tent, quickly took it down, and walked another half a mile. <laughs> they ran through this routine until the end of their trip or the end of the Sabbath day. And in their mind, they traveled a Sabbath day's journey from place to place setting up camp. Even if they set up camp ten times over the last five miles, they kept the Sabbath day. This was the mentality they had. And this is why when Jesus came, he shook their world. And they, see, they kept the letter of the Sabbath day, but they lost the spirit of the Sabbath day. Amen. And this is the thing. People nowadays will say, well, we're not under the old law and the old covenant. But Jesus said it was a schoolmaster. The Word of God says it's a schoolmaster. No, there's a lot of them ceremonial laws that's not something that we have to do anymore. But I promise you, a lot of them dietary laws, if we would follow them things, we'd be healthier people. If we'd follow the principle of the Sabbath, we'd be a lot better off people. Amen. 
There's a whole so many things that's principled within that. And see what happens, people they they think what well, well I'm keeping the letter of the law, but we lose the spirit of what the law was meant to do was for us to have a relationship with God and a relationship with people. And this is what the whole Sabbath deal is all about. And Jesus kept the spirit of it even if he didn't keep the letter of it. Because the whole spirit of the, the Sabbath was to for us to heal that we can have a better relation with God. So if you've got a crippled man that's got a crippled arm, he couldn't even go inside the tabernacle at all. So him healing somebody on the Sabbath day is actually creating what the Sabbath was really all about, that that man can have a closer relationship with God in the first place to be able to go into the tabernacle. And that's one of the many changes that just... Uh, many of the many charges that Jewish religious leaders directed against him. Jesus made them so mad. He, they pushed him all the way to a mountain in Jerusalem and cried out for him to be crucified. And they crucified him, literally, mainly over the fact that he done miracles on the Sabbath day. You read the Word of God. That's the founding thing, it seems like, that really pushed their buttons, the fact that he healed on the Sabbath day. And they thought that they could put an end to him, would put an end to his teachings. But they didn't realize at the end of that Friday after they crucified him, it was just the beginning of a new covenant that would be established with his people. There's still workarounds this stuff today. I did not know this till I was reading Brother Harry's book, and this is hilarious. If we travel to the metropolitan cities like New York City, big cities, they say like Miami, and you stay in some hotels with a Shabbat, a Sabbath elevator, okay? The modern Jews still observe the Sabbath day, and they do not prevent themselves to work on the Sabbath day, to even push a button on an elevator. So the Shabbat, or Shabbat, have you said elevators, are programmed to stop at every floor so no one has to electronically uh, push a button or electronically kindle a fire by pushing a button. So basically, if they need to go through the 20th floor of wherever it's at, they get on the elevator and it'll stop at every elevator. So all they got to do is watch for which floor they're getting off and they're not breaking the Sabbath. Okay? Hmm. Yeah, I understand the reverence of the seventh day. And I know we all need more reverence for the rest. But was this what God wanted when he created the Sabbath day? No, I don't think so. And this goes back to this other thing now. Should we keep a seventh day, Sabbath day, Saturday, as the Jews do? Uh how did the New Testament church look at the Sabbath day? And we think about this question, why do we traditionally have our main worship service on the first day of the week? I know there's a lot of questions that people ask about that, and I'll try to answer just briefly with this real quick. Does God care when we rest and when we worship? If anybody can answer that, surely the Apostle Paul is somebody who can answer that for us. He was the head of of the class. He was the valedictorian. He was on the honor roll. He was the student sitting in front. 
He was a man sitting at the feet of Galamea. But he wasn't called Paul in those days. He was called Saul. And Saul attended what would be known of Harvard of his day to learn the Jewish law. He learned every principle, every precept he could. And he began to be upset when he heard this new sect of Jesus followers were breaking Jewish laws. Alright? He hated them for their so-called gospel that they had. And with every breath Saul made his mission to put an end to these Jesus followers. And he gathered all the information he could. And then he was heading to Damascus for the lives of those that were not keeping the law. And this is it. He gets a crew of people together and he begins out on his journey. By a 130 mile trip. But on this ride where many people was put to death in his travel. God had had enough with this zealot, Saul. He had zeal, but it was misdirected zeal. So God shines a light down from heaven. So bright it knocked Saul from off his beast and down to his knees. When he went to try to stand up, he blinked a few times, he rubbed his eyes, and he realized that he was blind. But then he heard this voice coming from heaven. Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? No doubt he had to be shocked. He had never heard this voice before. Wondering who it was. But he could hear the authority and the power in it. And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord replied, I am Jesus. You're not just persecuting me. You're uh, persecuting my people. You're also persecuting me. When Saul realized he was fighting against the one he should have been fighting for, no doubt he was terrified. And Saul, no doubt, probably was... Uh, figured out that Jesus was God. Fighting against God is like fighting. We got fires going out on out uh, west. It'd be like going out there and let's try to put it out with water pistol, right? You can't fight God. And he couldn't fight. He couldn't run. He couldn't seize. So no doubt, when Paul hears this, he braces himself probably for the impact of whatever's fixing to happen. But God. He had mercy in mind. And he had purpose in mind. And Saul maybe thought he was about to be struck down or hear some speech or something, but instead he heard the gospel. And that night Ananias baptized him in the name of the very one Paul, Saul, was persecuting, baptized in the name of Jesus. And of course we know God forgave Saul, filled him with the Holy Ghost. So Saul began to go by the name Paul. And God called him to preach the very gospel he used to persecute. And after his conversion, Acts 13, Acts 17, Acts 18, we find Paul teaching and preaching in the synagogues on the Sabbath day. And this New Testament Jerusalem, uh, New Testament Jews were still keeping the Sabbath day. And while they were gathered to worship in the synagogue, Paul went on to preach and teach. But the same Paul who preached on the Sabbath day also wrote Colossians 2, 16 and 17, which says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day uh, or in the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is, but the body is of Christ. Since Jesus' resurrection on that historic 
changing Sunday, some of the New Testament church began to gather and worship the first day of the week rather than the seventh day. Find that in Acts 20 and 7. The Corinthian church planned their big sacrificial offering service on a Sunday according to 1 Corinthians 6 and 2. These Christians weren't celebrating the seventh day Sabbath like before. They were um, maybe breaking these Jewish laws. Some, some of the Christian churches were outraged at this. That's why Paul took aim at these doctrinal issues in the New Testament church. And you, and the question is not just, should we observe a seventh-day Sabbath? The real question is, do Christians need to keep all the Jewish laws in order to be right with God? That became the real question. And the answer to that really is, is no. We don't necessarily have to keep all them Old Testament laws to, to be what we need to be, praise the Lord. Because the whole point is, the, here's the thing, the good news is, the good news is still the good news. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is the gospel. Yet, even if we keep all 613 Jewish laws to the letter, we're not yet right with God until we rightly responded to the gospel. Jesus taught and the apostles reverberated the only way to be right with God is to be born again. To repent of our sins. Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then God will fill us with the Holy Ghost. We're not saved if we, we rest on the Sabbath day and we're not lost if we, if we don't. The Sabbath day was a holy day to God, but not only a holy day to God, but it, it, it was, wasn't the only holy day, okay? Israel's highest and holy day was the Day of Atonement. It was the peak of their Sabbath days. And as we're heading into the busy time of the year, uh, Sister Cheryl went to the ladies' day out thing with the sectional thing, and uh, one of our... The ladies from Star Bethlehem Church, they were sitting with them and they told them, they said, well, for the rest of the year, every weekend had something planned. Well, it seems like that happens a lot, right? We're heading to a busy time of Christmas and Thanksgiving. But think of what those times mean the most to us. The Day of Atonement was one of their most celebrated holidays. Christmas and Thanksgiving is one of those times that is probably one of the most celebrated times that we have. This is what the Day of Atonement was to them. It was one of their most celebrated holidays. But they weren't getting together like we do, family and friends, eat big meals and open gifts and all that kind of stuff. They were getting together with family to watch the high priest walk into the presence of God and hope that their sins could be pushed ahead for one more year. This is what the Day of Atonement was. It was the highest and holiest day of their year. The Jews observed the Day of Atonement for centuries. God gave Moses step-by-step -step instructions for the Day of Atonement when he stood on that mountain and got the Ten Commandments also. This was the same Sinai where God told Moses about the Sabbath day. And like the Sabbath day, God people were to observe the Holy Day, the Day of Atonement throughout uh, Exodus 30 and 10, throughout your generations. But once Jesus shed his sinless blood on Calvary, 
There were no need to sacrifice another ram or lamb or, or whatever they sacrificed to atone the sins. Only Jesus' blood will atone our sins now. Only His blood will cover our sins. As I talked about it Thursday night. Only His blood will do that. And although the Day of Atonement was a holy requirement for God's people at one time, it was not a holy requirement for all times. Because now, Jesus' blood is that requirement. The same is true for the Sabbath day. We don't have to necessarily do it like they did every week. But it is a principle that we need in our lives in order to keep us close to God. Because if we keep avoiding the rest that God has called for us in our life, We'll get stressed to the point that we'll break relationship with people. We'll break relationship with God because we're so stressed. It'll drive you in depression or it'll drive you to anger. It'll drive you to a place that you break or it'll drive you to a place that you'll break something. And it's so important that we keep this principle of what the Sabbath day was created for, which was to give us the rest. It's God's fourth word to His people that He carved into the stone. I bring this to a close today. The Sabbath to us now means taking time to recharge our lives. We have to take time. It means that we have to learn to take control of our lives and taking time to rest our body, soul, and mind. And now then it's more challenging than ever because when we have the time off. How many times you went to a restroom? Or you've been somewhere and everybody sitting there is looking at their phone. I promise you, you cannot get the rest you need when you take off your time and all you do is sit and look at your phone. You cannot have the rest you need when all you're doing is watching a box in front of you that, that's filling you with stuff. Filling you with anxiety about what's going on in our world right now. And for this Sabbath, what it really means is we need to learn to take control of our lives by taking time to rest our body, our soul, and our mind. We need a Sabbath to disconnect from those things that make us tired. As I promise you, if you sit and watch the news all day long, you're not going to have real rest. If you sit and scroll Facebook all day long, it's really not going to give you real, real rest. Or... If you work all the time with whatever you're... You've got to find a time to wind down. And this is a very tiring time. All the bells and whistles that, that call to us and tries to control us. But we should let our love for Jesus control us. Amen. Being in control means that we can make a choice to not listen, read, or watch some things in our life. Do we really need every messenger app that's out there? Do we really need every social media platform out there in our lives? To really learn how to rest means that we need to learn how to simplify our lives to get some rest. That's what I've done that week of vacation when we went camping. Me and Sister Cheryl went earlier in the year to... Um, just me and her, we went to Myrtle Beach. It was fun, but it wasn't totally relaxing. I mean, 
getting up, doing this, going, doing that, especially the drive home, it wasn't relaxing. I-40 with um, uh, all the road work was ridiculous, okay? But when we learn to simplify our lives, where we just come down to the basis, it's me, me and God, me working through my thoughts, me taking time. And to simplify, we probably need to delete several paths of communication to our lives. Because if you're going to go pray, it would do you well to turn your phone off. Put it on do not disturb. Put it in another room. Do we really need to still be getting emails that we signed up for for 15 years ago and we never opened, but yet there's that notification on our phone? So we got to check it and get rid of the, the notification, right? But how many times have you picked it up to get rid of that notification, but you hadn't prayed yet? You had to give your time to God, and all of a sudden it goes from that notification to searching why... Uh, Bees do what they be, do. You know, I don't know. And to simplify, sometimes it's removing that email address that you never use no more. It's unsubscribing from that thing. It keeps coming to your... I mean, I mean, I, here a while back, I had, um, through the process of time, you know, well, text this to this and get this discount. You know. So all of a sudden, I'm getting so many text messages from all these different... I'm like, I just started going through their stop, stop, get rid of all this stuff. You know, and a lot of times we use our commute to work and other places, listening to talk shows of most of what you hear, not even going to be good for us. The opinions of politics, sports, businesses, they're just that, they're opinions. Do they really matter? To take a, a Sabbath would be to simplify and take the time to think or meditate on the Word of God on our life, on the path that God has for our future and what we can do to make life better and have rest. And sometimes it's just laying in a hammock and going, uh, okay. We had to learn to avoid the flood of information that require, that, that will require intentional withdrawal from our life. We need that. Turn off the text alerts. Do not have email and social media on every device that you have. Okay? Take, to take a Sabbath will almost certainly mean that we have to unplug for a little bit of life. Sabbath was and is simplicity. That's taking the stuff out of your life that begs your time that you can actually focus between you and God and the things that really matter. And the principle of the Sabbath is still in place to help us be all we need to be for Jesus. Because after God created His creation, He rested. If God rested, how much do you and I need to rest? We're not better than God is in this, okay? And rest for each person is different. Sabbath involves doing some things you enjoy that reduces stress. Your Sabbath may be fulfilled by doing nothing. And if you do so, it needs to be without guilt of doing nothing. If you feel guilty when you're doing nothing, you probably sometimes need to do nothing. Alright? Take a nap. Read. 
uh, nap some more. Read. Then take another nap. I hate naps and I'm not too good at it. But every once in a while I realize I need to take a nap. Take a PJ day. Don't go to Walmart. Walmart's not the place for PJs, okay? Leave them at home. I hate that. That's pet peeve. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't go to Walmart. Don't go anywhere in PJs. Stay in the house, all right? <laughs> if you've got a deck where nobody can see you, maybe go there. In other words, anyway, that's it. Be like my wife. Read a book with a little, big, long nap or big, long, a hot bath or something. Go bird watching. Take a walk in the woods. David said he's trying to do flea market and yard sales yesterday. That might be something to help you, you know. Chop wood. If chopping wood does not make you feel like you're working, spend time. Go to the Garden of God. It's a beautiful time to go there and just walk around and enjoy life. Or do like I did. Go sit in a deer stand yesterday for two hours and I read. I watched for deer, but I was really just trying to read. <laughs> Getting away from everybody else and just relaxing. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember that we need to rest. Why do we need to rest? Because we need to worship. And if we're so stressed out, we can't always worship. And that's what it's really all about. Jesus died to give us rest. Let's give him worship. He died to give us rest. So let's do what he died for, and that is to give him worship. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. We just ask today, God, that you would help us. Lord, we need to rest. And I know sometimes I'm not always good at it. And you have helped me a lot through the last several years learn to rest. And I know I need to learn some more. And I pray that somebody sitting here today or somebody that may hear this by way of the podcast that it could help encourage us to rest, God. I'm, I know, God, that we need that because we live such busy, crazy lives, Lord. And I know sometimes, God, many times we're so stressed from the busyness of life that we can't really have that relationship with you that we're supposed to have. So help us to learn to have Sabbaths in our life, God. Help us, Lord. We love you and we thank you so much. I, I, I heard, I think it was Brother Carlton Coon said this in a book that I read recently. Our Sabbath nowadays is not like, it's hard for us to do that once a week. That's why we need spaces carved out in our life that where we can actually do that. And if you're stuck in a house all day with kids or whatever, your Sabbath may not be just going home. It may be going and doing something that... that because if it, if it is that thing that is like work to you, that's the thing you need to get away from to have a rest. If it's taxing you, if it's pressuring you, if it's, if it's what the load is, then your rest could be chopping wood. It could be something else. But whatever it is, something that we do that brings you rest, that is what creates the Sabbath and refuels your life. Like Sister Cheryl, hers is take a nap, okay? That, that really doesn't help me. It'd be better if, I, if I'm... Sometimes my rest is doing things at the house that, I don't know, just something that just it gives me rest knowing that it's done, you know. But that's the important thing. Whatever we can do that can bring us 
clears our mind and brings us back to where we can have the right relationship with God. All right, I'm going to hush with it. But thank you. We'll take a break and we'll uh, get going the rest of this day. So.